episode 6, A Universal Language. What if you woke up in the morning speaking a new language, and it was the same language every other person in the world woke up speaking and understanding? What would you do? Char el la comunage posedajos de la omaro nenu estas tiel vere generala caj internacia kiel la cienso. For of all the things that mankind possesses in common, nothing is so truly universal and international as science. Well, let's talk about universal languages. There's music and math and computer programming language. Well, we can pretty much rule out music because it's not specific enough. All it can do is evoke emotion. What about math and computer programming languages? For computers, at least you certainly don't need Chinese or English or Arabic. You just tell the chip a series of instructions and it gives you a result. And based on that result, you can build a whole program. Now, at some point you're going to have to use a developer language. But the most basic level of computing is all just a series of electrons, series of ones and zeros. And it's the basis for the whole industrialized world. Now, that's powerful stuff. Math drives machines, but it's a little hard to speak in binary. Now, what if there was a universal speaking language? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. What if you woke up tomorrow speaking a new language, and it was the same language every other person in the world woke up speaking and understanding? what would you do? Really, what is it about language that is so beautiful and compels us to keep using it, a medium that is inherently inefficient as a communication vehicle? Could it be necessity? Just what are the uses for language? Well, Noam Chomsky sets out two common uses, social relations and self-expression. The most common use is simply to create and strengthen social relations among individuals. Think about it. Most conversation that you probably participate in has no need of an instrumental end. We just do it to create social bonds and feel connected. Very important, of course. In the case of self-expression, language can be used to clarify one's thoughts or to put our ideas out there. This seems to be critical to just be a well-adjusted person. Some people go to tremendous lengths to be self-expressed. Why a medium so inefficient? Take this skywriting, for instance. If you were to write something in the air above Los Angeles or London or New York, what percent of the people who see it would be able to understand it? Is it a function of the new millennium that language would just all of a sudden prove itself outdated? In an emerging infrastructure that connects the over six and a half billion human citizens of planet Earth, we use language because it's our only option. But 7,000 languages? Really, it seems like some added steps that actually get in the way of real communication. There is another form of universal language, though, and it is icons and logos, which in many cases are the same thing. But again, that only goes so far. 
all they really convey is general recognition, and one must use language to build a basis for this recognition in the form of commercials. Pictures can only take us so far. So what is the answer? Let's look to the scientific community. Is there a scientific language? Well, if there was one, it could be used at medical conferences. Now, one of the major arguments against a universal language for science is the need for secrecy and security with regard to certain scientific advances and whatnot, which personally I think is a rather unfortunate concern, but many people would probably say in response to that that it's just one of those necessary evils that is humanity's cross to bear. What can I say? But hypothetically, if humanity were to overcome our relentless need for secrecy and security, and a universal language was able to be implemented for science, it could then be used by any industry worldwide. And it wouldn't have to be the only language. It could be the one supplemental language that we all use for interacting with people whose language we don't speak. So the question is, is humanity close to such a thing as a universal auxiliary language? I've hinted toward it a few times earlier in the podcast. There is a language that did not develop organically. It's called Esperanto. Esperanto. It was invented just over a hundred years ago for the sole purpose of helping the native speakers of different languages communicate with one another. This language borrows heavily from a few different languages and it gained a fairly sizable following back in the 1800s when it first came out. And it's not like this guy totally reinvented the wheel here. The inventor of the language lived in an area where different languages were being spoken regularly. His idea was to invent a language that no one would be tied to nationally. One of its primary objectives was to be easy to learn, which is more than you can say for HTML, and still we see how quickly people have become fluent in the hypertext markup language. And in all languages, you have many verb conjugations, but in Esperanto, there are many, many less. Everything is one gender. You don't have a masculine and feminine form, say, for example, a feminine table and a masculine pencil. Those elements of beauty that we mentioned in episode two, found again in languages like Latin or French, are not part of the makeup of Esperanto. Esperanto is a purely functional language. It simply borrows from lots of other languages and it's easy to learn. And I think everybody knows, especially after Rune came out, people became hip to the idea that almost all languages have certain commonalities in words. Many words bear striking similarities to their counterparts in other languages spoken in other countries and continents. Esperanto capitalizes on those similarities and tries to find as many common sounding words for each thing and is reminiscent of different languages, like popoli is actually people. That just sounds like a variation on pronunciation, doesn't it? And the really cool thing about Esperanto is that actually millions of people speak it. It's a language that's alive. 
There's even a library of books in Esperanto over in Europe. This is a language that is actually alive. People are using it. What we need to do is take a lesson from HTML and MySpace here. Yeah, the the uh, hypertext markup language. It's, it, was it was developed to be a simple computer language. Uh, it's not as complicated as C++, Perl, or even JavaScript, which is a simple programming language. People have been using and learning HTML even more so than we've expected. Programs like Microsoft FrontPage, Macromedia, Dreamweaver that have been designed to make HTML even simpler are seem redundant because people are learning the code itself. The time that it really took off was with the personal web spaces like MySpace and Facebook like the young kids have nowadays where it was really in their own interest to download uh, images or upload uh, com computer uh, movies whatnot um, on their friends' web spaces. Personally I think uh, people who are learning it this HTML will continue to do so if it benefits them directly. People will want to learn something that will allow them to make flashy web banners uh, that, or even animate GIFs uh, or whatnot. In my opinion, the reason why people are learning it is because there's something in it for them. Obviously it worked for MySpace. There was no cheat. You had to learn the language of raw code. What might people want that would make Esperanto attractive? Connecting to more people? Maybe not. Maybe something else. I've heard people, that is, human beings, have a desire in the abstract or theoretical sense to connect with other members of a species. But putting that into practice is another matter. All sorts of things come up. It could be an emergency option. Lots of different types of events cause refugees. I'm sure some of those people must face language barrier issues. The thing is, people are very adaptable. If their life depends on it, they will make themselves understood. They will adapt. If you are in survival mode, you can start speaking another language within days or weeks. A switch seems to get turned on in the mind that will allow that. Humans totally have that potential, but what is going to make people want to learn a universal speaking language? I don't know. I have no idea, in fact. But fearing what the spirit of man could accomplish, the Lord said, let us go down and confuse their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. Man could accomplish anything. That's heavy. What can man accomplish? The realm of the real spirit, the true artist, the saint, the philosopher, is rarely achieved. Why so few? Why is world history and evolution not stories of progress, rather this endless and futile addition of zeros? Hell, the Greeks. 3,000 years ago were just as advanced as we are. So what are these barriers that keep people from reaching anywhere near their real potential? The answer to that can be found in another question, and that's this. Which is the most universal human characteristic? Fear or lazy? Men don't live up to their potential. That's nothing new. Fear, yes. Well, why do we have fear? Part of it has to do with not having a common language. 
but the paradox is that the barrier keeps us safe, but what are we safe from? What could men accomplish if we all spoke the same language and didn't have this formidable barrier? Look, cancer is something we cannot just step around. It's something we really have to study and defeat. But language is obviously something that we can sidestep. It's that easy. We could get rid of the language barrier as quickly as if we actually had a dormant ability in our minds to all understand each other like in room. This problem is one thing that humanity could actually strike off the list. We don't need billions of dollars to build solar panels on the tops of all the schools in America or a multi-billion dollar grant to fix social security. All we need is the internet and our brains. No time to learn a new language, you say? Look, I walk by the Starbucks all the time and I see all these people, people just like you, hanging out online. You got time to surf the web at a cyber cafe? You got time to learn Esperanto. And I have a feeling that it, if this does catch on, it's going to be with the kids. Just like the HTML thing. Well, um, you know, I, I've had MySpace for a while, and I'll, I'll give an example. When I go to people's random people's MySpaces, you know, and I see just the boring old white with black text and everything like that, I, I, I get bored and I don't want to add them, I don't want to message them, you know, and when I see people with, with cool MySpaces with tons of pictures, flashing, you know, flashing scroll bars and all that fun shit, then, you know, I want to add them and message them and I don't want people to, to see my profile and think, oh, he's boring, you know, it's, it's, it's an identity to me. You know, I get to show who I really am through this site. Um, you know, message boards and people posting, you know, pictures of them, pictures of their houses, pictures of their rooms. You know, I want to be a part of that. So I started reading about, you know, reading on sites, pimping your MySpace, and learning HTML through that. There is actually one educational organization that is working to put laptop computers into the hands of every child on the planet called OneLaptopPerChild.org. Many argue that the default language on these computers should be Esperanto. It is possible that these types of international movements could literally sweep across the planet with the internet what it is, and if one doesn't start considering this possibility, when and if it actually does happen, they might just be in for a rude awakening. Now, I understand People have families and PTA and Rotary Clubs, and that doesn't leave a lot of free time to take on learning a new language. I'm the first one to admit that soccer practice and other time-consuming responsibilities come first. So for you family men and women, I say that learning Esperanto could be a fun family activity. Well folks, we're out of time. We've come to the end of the show. You've participated, you've learned, you've listened. Now go out and contribute. Hey, there's actually a website I want to throw out at you all. It's www.esperanto.net. There you can find information about Esperanto in 62, count them, 62 different languages. And there's also a link on there that takes you to a course that will help you learn Esperanto, and that's free of charge. Hey, I'm sorry if you don't speak English and you weren't able to understand this show. We're really sorry about that, but it's not our fault. Hey, hit that website and have a great life. 
survive only by being territorial. Territorialism is a primary cause of war. Nationhood is a man-made distinction and concept. Language is a voluntary method of communication. Communication is broad and is not limited to language. Language makes itself ineffective when two different languages attempt to communicate. A system which nullifies its own system is a null system. Language is self-perpetuating, encouraging variation and ever-mutating in the form of dialects. Language is subjective even when it has a fixed meaning. People consciously choose to use language as a method of communication. People use language in an attempt to communicate ideas which were formed before translated into the form of language. Language is not necessary for understanding or communicating. It is simply a form of communication. Language is currently a voluntary added step between an idea being understood by one person and that idea being understood by another. We do not think in any language. We translate thoughts into language in order to make them known to others. Language is an ancient and out-of-date attempt at communication seen in no other animal but humans. Other forms of language may exist in some animals, but are as yet not understood by humans, but seem to express only rudimentary active commands or requests. Language is a distinctly human invention, based on an attempt to communicate rather than to experience.
What are all the helicopters for? What are all those helicopters for? I feel them overhead when I'm lying in my bed. Must be that they're flying off to war. While the wives looking so sad. Why are all the wives looking so sad? She was just a child herself With a child beneath her bed Now she's stuck without the only friend she had What are all those helicopters for? What are all those helicopters for? They're out of my house where they just fly across I wonder what they do away warm Children, that is never coming home again. Somehow it just doesn't seem right. Where are all those helicopters now? Where are all those helicopters now? How much do they cost? Are they worth more than they lost? How does anyone ever win a war anyhow? Thank you for listening to Hack Republic Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.